Hey, Champagne Sharks. Uh, it's T. I'm sitting here with Kenny. And um, we were going to wait for D. Mills to show up, but uh, we were just talking and it was too good. And I'm like, we just have to start recording and let D show up when he does because uh, I feel like we're leaving a lot of good stuff on the cutting room floor or whatever. I mean, that, yeah. that new that, that, uh, that new Nas song I mean you know what I, I want I want to do the proper stuff and introduce everything properly like you know hey this is Champagne Sharks go to patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks for five dollars a month and get access to all the back episodes and to the voice server discord which new members get access to as well as access to the upcoming Champagne Sharks newsletter like I want to say all that and I guess I just did but <laughs> I really want to get right into the fucking Nas song. But I also have to introduce Ken before I do that. So let's get that out the way. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, this is Kenny. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I changed my Twitter name from, uh, what was it? I forgot what it was before, but now it's KD the BG. So that's KD the T-H-A-B-G. Yeah, it took yeah. me a while to find you, bro. Like, I lost yeah. you for a second. <laughs> and a lot of people, like, you know, I hate to say it like this, but a lot of the girls that I be screwing around flirting with on Twitter, they couldn't <laughs> find me and stuff. So, <laughs> No, 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 no. But and also, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm going to plug it right now because you guys are, you know, the brothers are going to come on. I'm going to be doing another podcast called uh, 503305. It, it's supposed to be a sports podcast because those of you that know me know I talk a lot of shit on, about sports on my Twitter timeline. But it's going to be a lot more stuff. And I got like this fine ass girl named Jamila who's doing the show with me. So you guys are going to like it because you're going to like her. You're not going to give a fuck about what I'm talking about. You're just going <laughs> to like her. Trust me. Yeah, I haven't so, listened to it yet. I got I to gotta listen yeah, well, the, the the we did some rough edits, and um, you know, I had to get uh my equipment game together. Like I said, you know, early off 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 a uh, script, we were saying talking about my equipment. I was like, I feel like a uh, the Black Walter Cronkite, like because <laughs> because you, you were coming. Pe- people have to know where you're coming from before, because you were coming on uh on the phone. You were calling yeah. all this time on the phone. Yeah, I was using my phone the whole time. So whenever it was dropping, and like I would sound like Darth Vader sometimes, like, like those Darth Vader moments. Well, I don't think the listeners have ever heard any of that. I think that got edited out. But sometimes, man, my my phone would trip out, and then I would come back on sounding like Darth Vader, and it was crazy. So I was like, you know what? I need to get step my game up and uh take this shit serious because you know I started noticing. So a lot of people don't know that I was supposed to be on the show originally, like from day one, but. I wasn't online. I wasn't paying attention to anything. So I think I stepped in at like what show seventy eight. I think somewhere around then. I, I can't. Re- then? I can't remember. I, mean, uh, I don't remember. It was the. It was the Portland, and it was called um, White Portland and Sle- what was it? White I feel like it. Ha- I feel like it has to be later than seventy eight because we're at a weirdly high level now. Like okay, we're at a level so high that I'm wondering like like did we jump some numbers <laughs> and I forgot? Like it, it doesn't seem like we really were doing it this long. But, but we yeah. got. I, we I found out that uh, we got some listeners here in Portland. And I didn't even know. So there's this girl. Um, well, I shouldn't say girl. There's this woman I know. And uh, she's fine as hell, too. And she listens. And she didn't know it was me. Really? No. She didn't know, wow. know it was me. So we were talking or whatever. And she listened to a lot of podcasts. And then she heard the White Portland. What, the one that we did where um, it's called White Portland Slave something. I forgot what it's called. And she was talking to me about it. And uh, I actually used to work with her. And she was, you know, because she know I do a podcast. But she didn't know it was Champagne Shark. Wow. That's so, crazy. Yeah. So I told her, I was like, you need to subscribe and you need to um, be a part of the Patreon family. So small world, man. Yeah, this dude, man, we're I'm not going to say we're celebrities or anything like we don't have stalkers. At least I don't. Not yet. Maybe you do. You're in New York, in Brooklyn. So you might have Uh, a stalker. But I feel like in New York, there's just too many podcasts to stalk for anybody (laughs) to really spend. You know, you know, like because podcasts are this kind of thing where it's like you need to listen to a ton 
or none. Like or none. Yes. It's very rare you find like a one or two podcast person. You know, yeah. which is what, what I realized because I used to get so in a way in a way it's like flattering when you find out someone likes your podcast, but I know also in a way it's like you gotta take it with a grain of salt because I'm like yeah. yeah, that person probably listens to like a hundred podcasts. Oh yeah, yeah. She she it, listens to a few, but when she heard ours, I was I was I was kind of tripping. And then she yeah. was like, Oh, I didn't know that you were on there, and then she found out about the Reddit page, and I was like, Hey, we didn't create that. I don't know who created <laughs> I don't know who created but, that. But, but the Reddit page is pretty cool because one of the cool things about not creating it is I get surprised by what's on there. There'll be like things I use for the show off the Reddit page and stuff. Yeah. yeah and I, also, I feel like this is something I'm feeling more and more, right? I feel like you shouldn't have too much interaction with, with uh, fans. Fans, yeah. Just because um, I feel like if you have too much interaction with the fans, the comfort level gets weird. Like, you know, because yeah. I, I see like some of these other podcasts that have really uh, strong fan bases and the people will be talking any which way to the podcasters. And I'm like, wow, that's a bit much. Yeah, we're like, not going to, you know, th- th- this is the thing. So um, for say, like if people want us to do like a, you know, live on location podcast or something like that. It'll be like some Wu-Tang shit. If you say something crazy, I'm jumping off the stage. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm dead serious. Well, I'm jumping well, no, the stage, well, man. Well, no, but I will say this. The people who come to, like, the live shows, I think, are more, like, really dedicated fans. So that's yeah. not going to happen. Like, what, is, yeah. what, what, what it really is is the casuals. Those are the ones. The ones oh, who are yeah, yeah. dedicated enough. You know, listen to every free episode or whatever, but not enough to like pay for the Patreon or go see a live show. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, uh, so it's like they're engaged enough to consume everything free, right? But uh, they don't want to pay for anything. And if you think about that, like, who's like that? Like, like that's like a friend, like a friend or family member would be like, hey, you know, I should have to pay for you. Uh, oh, yeah, shit. yeah, yeah, definitely. But, you know, I'll that take it for free. Definitely something a friend would say. Yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like that's the thing. Like, those are the ones who have like the most parasocial stuff going on, like the most, the most, uh, I really think we're buddies kind of thing. Because, yeah, I see some of these other podcasters with, like, way bigger followings. And, you know, people would be, like, chiming in, like, you know, yeah, it's pretty to eat a dick. You know, I, I'm, like, I'm like, whoa, that's like, well, hold that's, on, dude. that's weird, you know? Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, this this guy, your boy, he goes, oh, no, I don't even know who that guy is. I think he's just a listener. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's that's weird. And, 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 <laughs> I, I, and I don't think it's really totally their fault. Like, I think that's how the show is uh, probably run, like that particular show. Oh, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Where they just, you know, yeah. Yeah, talk shit on each other. And these people listen so much. Yeah. They think that they're like the silent mic on the show. Like, you know, they feel like, like, I think their brain tricks them into thinking that they have that type of uh, relationship. comfort level. Yeah, yeah, relationship with the person. Like, like um, there's these two uh, podcasts. One, one you I'm sure you know of is uh, Chapel Trap House. And the other one mm-hmm. is uh, Come Town, which is like, uh, you know, a friend of the podcast. It's, it's yeah. another podcast another podcast and like their fan bases would be really really thinking like they're friends you know with the host you know and oh yeah that's weird i think um yeah yeah they, they but i think if you listen to them like for two to four or five hours a day watching the twitch stream so you see them like you know when they stream stuff they're beside you for every big event you watch like you know if you're watching the oscars if you're watching this they're twitch streaming alongside you i think it becomes very easy to start really forgetting that you don't know people yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, D Mills is here. Yo, what's up, D? Damn, he always has his like, uh, stalling time before he Yo. actually, like, he logs in first. And I think he takes an extra in. sip of coffee. <laughs> 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 he has to be announced uh, first. And then we end up this, you know, standing around. Oh, well, you know what? D He's probably uh, going to get on in. me because I've been shitting on the Lakers lately, man. I've been getting <laughs> on the Lakers. <laughs> okay, what's here up, you go. So I know a lot of listeners already know that our dear friend Mike has passed. Yeah, yeah we had 
some shows already saved at the time. And we released them after he died. So that's why at first there was no uh, discussion about it. And then I kind of wanted to wait for a time where all three of us were together to talk about it, you know? Yeah, so I wanted to do like a Mike tribute show. So I wanted to listen from the Mm -hmm. beginning and, you know, get a track of when he first came on the show and start isolating like clips and everything. So I've been listening to the show again this past week from the beginning. And first, like the sound quality was Mm -hmm. terrible on some of the really early ones right and i used to listen to it like crazy to get it on Mm -hmm. air but the last step i would do was i ran it through this sound cleaning software and i'm like am i gonna listen to another two-hour thing i meticulously did uh again just to hear this last step because i read because to edit that two hours it took me like something like eight Mm -hmm. hours i was that like inefficient Mm -hmm. at it I was very inefficient because I was teaching myself the software. So I'm like another hour on top of that. No. So I was putting up a lot of stuff without listening how it came out after that final step with the audio cleaner. And one of the things that the audio cleaner did was like change audio levels to make things match. So sometimes it would raise somebody's voice, but that person had like a something in the back that was making some crazy sound. And when they raised that person's voice to match the levels, all that crazy background noise was in there. So some of the early episodes, there was a shit that I would not have allowed in there. That was just uh, in there because the 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 software, the cleaning software, the last step just fucked it all up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of like fucked up sound in there. I'm like, wow, I'm impressed anybody <laughs> that went past the first 10 you episodes. You could definitely like, tell that it was, yeah, it was our earlier yeah. Yeah, first time for everybody. Yeah. I was laughing because yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, was, I was talking like that. Yes, and so, you know, one of the things about Nelly Fuller Jr. is that, you know, I was trying to sound a little too proper. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Nelly yeah, Fuller that's was, true, man. You know, I'm like, oh, man. Oh, yeah, that's true. I just heard that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were, like, really trying to be on your P's yeah. and Q's. Yeah. It was, it, was, it, was like a, it was like a job interview. Exactly. You were really, yeah, yeah. And, um... It was it was funny because when Mike first came on, I didn't realize how little he talked at first. Like he uh, would just not talk. Yeah, that it much. was it and was like when he on. first came into the the chat. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For people who don't know, we talked about this in an earlier episode. Um, we have a chat that that uh, we won't tell you the name of it because that's something just for us in particular. And uh, when we were putting it together, we were trying to figure out who to invite, you know, so we could chop it up about various things or whatnot. And so eventually, I don't even remember how I came into contact with Mike, but for whatever reason, I liked him. I, I kind of just took a liking to him almost immediately. And at the time, I think it was just Ken, T, and myself. And um, yeah. So we brought Mike in and Mike was just, you could see that he was in the chat, but he was, he would never say anything. And so Ken started joking, me and Ken started joking around and said, man, what if this dude is in here just spying and taking notes and telling? (laughs) 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 But it turned out that, you know, Mike wasn't uh, really uh, technologically literate at the time, however you want to say it, technologically literate at the time. So, you know, he said that um, he couldn't see anything. I said, well, damn, we were trying to figure out how to get him to be able to communicate in the chat. And then it turned out he had to. Also, oh, so he wasn't, no. see, he wasn't seeing what we were right, writing. Right, right. No. So I remember this yeah, now. You're right, yeah. you're right. So I remember he ended up having to uh, update his Twitter on his phone. And then after. Oh, yeah, yeah that's um, right. I remember that. You I have a good memory. Yeah, damn. Yeah. And then. Yeah. Uh, I mean, shit, these, these got the best memory. He was the one that re- reminded us of the, remember the other guy. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, remember that? 
Yeah, yeah. There was there was another guy. We've mentioned him on the show before who was uh I couldn't remember him for yeah. sure. <laughs> I, I mean I mean I mean I mean these screening skills are pretty good, but everybody missed yes. a shot. You know, yes. I guess that, that was I mean, even even Michael Jordan whiffed once once oh, yeah. in a while, like you know, yeah. with not even getting the net or the rim. That, yeah, that, that's that what was that was. That was <laughs> <laughs> I brick, I missed the whole everything. I didn't even hit backboard on that one, man. You know. <laughs> but um yeah, so you know, that was like the thing with Mike, man, is I just remember um oh, man, this shit hurts, man. I still yeah. uh man, I still, you know, the brother spirit, man, was just I don't know, it was just something that drew me to him, man. I don't know. We just kind of hit it off right away. I don't yeah. even remember how we started it, chopping it up, to be honest. But but you know what's funny? Even uh before you invited him in the room, I was aware yeah. of him. Yeah. Because we followed each other on uh Twitter yeah. and I was and when you put him in there, I'm like, oh you know, that that's a mm-hmm. good choice, you know. But he was one of those people, he was always liking, you know, the same things and he was always yeah. like uh chiming in on the same things, but he wasn't saying too much, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So you got the impression he was a cool dude, but he wasn't like a super talkative or prolific tweeter, right, you know, right. so to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was you're right about that. You know what I mean? Like me and Mike, you know, of course I'm a Redskins fan and the Redskins never beat the Cowboys. So every fucking year, every year, here comes Mike saying some shit. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I don't really have much to say. So, you know, we always bonded with sports and just, you know, just going back and forth and talking trash. But when he came into the room, I remember that. I was like, I don't know. I, I think he's here. I don't know what's going he on. Here, he here taking down notes and telling. He, he <laughs> Darth Darth Perry. Exactly. Yeah, uh, Darth Darth Perry, right. The, the internet version. Uh, 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 um, Thurgood Marshall. You know, they, you know how they say yeah, yeah. they had Thurgood Marshall spying on the community. And we thought that's what Mike Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so it's like uh, I've been trying to listen to like those episodes, and I've, been, I've and one that I would say uh, I think is a a really good one, and we have to have this guy back is the Lewis Gordon one. That was a really good episode. It was much better than I remembered. Yeah, yeah. That was a great yeah. That, that was a really good. That was a really good one. I was like, there's a lot in here that. I have to follow up on in in that one. Yeah. So I would say that one is a pretty good one to um start oh, with. Okay. Um and then, then the the one that you were on or you sounded really proper, I thought that was a good when one too. Yeah. That was actually yeah. a lot better than I remembered it being. I remember, I listened to it maybe about a month or so ago and uh it was actually a lot better than I remembered at the time. I said, Man, I sound like shit. You know, but then you go back and you re listen, you're like, damn, we were dropping some pretty good game in that episode, you know. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I'll, I'll definitely you say know what's that. Weird um, is <clears throat> when yeah. the show hit kind of hit its stride, I really thought it was actually when I took some time off. I think I don't know if I had started a new job. I don't remember what it was. But you and Mike, I was very surprised. Well, not surprised, but I was um, well for for lack of a better term, I was very pleasantly surprised by the uh, the chemistry that you guys had. And I remember listening to a couple of episodes that you guys did together when I wasn't around, and I was just like, damn, you know, I got to step my game up because Mike really was. I'm almost forced because I wasn't there to actually start. Talking talking more and, and yes. um, I just remember thinking he, he was, was very good, at, good it. at it and I remember thinking to myself like damn I'm actually the one kind of weighing down the show I better step it up he made me want to step it up more you know what I'm saying like it was a trip yeah and you know I I, I got this sense that he was kind of uh, underestimating what he could contribute yeah. and I think when he was forced to because you weren't there I think he kind of pleasantly surprised himself mm-hmm. as well you know yeah. what I mean 
Because a lot of people were like reaching out to him and giving him props mm-hmm. and like, you know, or referring to points he made, like, you know, like, oh, I, I like like the point that Mike made, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And because uh, he, he got comfortable pretty yeah. fast. I think, you know, one of those things, he's one of those cats, man, that, that um, he sits back and observes, you know, he's not going to be loud and boisterous. He just observes. And then when he contributes, it's always mm-hmm. something. You know what lyric I think of? You know what lyric I think of when I think of uh, him yeah. is that Jay-Z lyric? I'm like a dog. I'm, not, I'm like a dog. I don't speak, but I understand. Right, right, right. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that uh, why I feel like even like when you know he's not saying anything, he soaks up. He really does. He he used to remember stuff that I forgot or bring up a point where I'm like, oh shit, you're right. He'll tell you exactly. He passed my. Go ahead, T. I mean, go ahead, uh, Ken. No, I was saying you can't get anything. No, no, he remembered to a T. Like you guys talked about my memory. No, Mike had the memory. He he had the memory of an elephant, man. He didn't forget shit. Yeah, even talking about movies, Mm -hmm. like uh, he would remember so many details, and I'm like, did I watch the same movie? (laughs) Right, like, 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 I I would rewatch it later. I'm like, oh shit, it's exactly like you said. Yeah, that was something else, man. But uh, I don't know, man. Just uh, I think the the Whip Fanon wrote one was a very the Tommy Curry was a good one too. The first one we did with Tommy Curry. The second one was excellent. You know, the second one was excellent. But I feel like that first one was a lot better. But you know, T, you and I, we talk about this all the time. We're the most pessimistic about how the shows are going to turn out, right? But but it's not just pessimism because there's times the opposite happens uh-huh. too. Well, there have been episodes where I'm like, oh, this one's going to hit like yeah, thunder. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And then people will be like, mm, yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People will be like, you know, fair effort. Right. Like people will be giving us, giving us a right. golf yeah, clap. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, solid, solid effort. That was a good one. And then there's somewhere like, you know, we'll think, oh, this one's going to kill the show. This, this, this one's just going to be uh, one of the all-time worst. And it'll be like our most popular yeah, one. Yeah. People will be... The one excited like like that like there's something where I considered not releasing them. yeah and they end up being yeah I know man that's the crazy thing like that one meet you and I did uh, what are we talking about gentrification or something we just end up shooting the shit and the gentrification topic oh that was up. a good yeah, one too yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I would recommend that yeah. one too you're right I, I just listened to that one that that's one of the three I'd recommend for new listeners the one where we're talking about that the one where we weren't even supposed to be mm-hmm. talking about gentrification it was a different topic yeah. we had lined up yeah and then uh, it ended up being a joke coming out of that that everybody thought was hilarious and at the time I didn't you know <laughs> you and I we were just like okay we were just talking we didn't realize that there was some comedy gold in there i was like okay about uh when i asked you to explain what what does a a certain type of person look like oh the man's the man's yeah the man's planner right 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 yeah 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 where uh you asked me to explain because I, I said this guy who looks like a mansplainer yeah. and then you stopped me you're like wait what does a mansplainer <laughs> look like and then uh, <laughs> I had to uh, and, and, and you know what's funny when I was listening to it again I was listening to I was listening to myself and I was like how am I going to explain this yeah. like you know because I'm like I must have fucked this one up because I can't even think about how I would explain that one and then uh, I listened to myself make the explanation and because my memory is so bad my memory is so bad that listening to shows is like listening to like whole other people because I forget so much of every episode. I don't know why I'm like this. Um, I'm actually thinking of going to see like a doctor for like ADHD (laughs) or something because I'm really wondering if I have some kind of mental condition like like where I just can't like I'm like walking memento Mm. for a lot of stuff. Like remember that movie Memento? Like we'll we'll release an episode and someone will crack an inside joke with me about something that happened in the episode. I'm like, what does this mean? And they're like, the episode episode you just fucking released. Like (laughs) you said this. 
And I was like, oh, and like, uh, I'm like, oh, that sounds funny. Like, you know, wow. I'm, I remember good. moments, um, but yeah. not like, you know, because I blink out. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I, I, I kind of like uh, my attention span sometimes. Like, I'll just blank out <laughs> in the middle of a show when we're recording. I shouldn't even be telling people. Dude, <laughs> dude, you know what's funny about that is on the re listen, I can pick up sometimes because there's times, uh-huh. right, where I'll, I'll pass it to you uh-huh. real quick. <laughs> and then I can tell it's like, uh, you know in class when the teacher calls on you, yeah, you're totally yeah. not ready for it. <laughs> so, so you got bluffed for a couple of seconds. There's a couple of times where I re-listened. I'm like, holy shit, I didn't catch it at the time. But that's what just right, happened. Right, right. Like he just got uh, passed the you ball real quick. And he's got like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you flip into the page. Like, okay, uh, are you, you up to? You ever hear those stories about Magic Johnson in practice when uh, the Lakers will be practicing, and then if you're not paying attention, he'll throw the ball at your face, you know, to make sure that you get your oh, hands yeah. up. Oh right yeah. That's <laughs> and he was so good. He was so good yeah. at that. Oh, dude, this is a whole other side topic. But I've been watching uh, Matthew Johnson clips for like the past couple weeks oh, for what? some reason. Because uh, someone put up someone put up a compilation of clips mm-hmm. for him, and then. When I was watching it, I'm like, I was like, wow, people forget how good he was. Like, cause this this Kobe and Jordan clips galore all year round on Twitter, and people will start even putting up like Bad Boys clips lately from like the Detroit Pistons era and stuff. Like every era is getting revisited, like you know, for like clips right. and stuff. But um, yeah, people don't really put Matthew Johnson in there a lot anymore. Like now he's just kind of. Uh, it, it, it irritates me when they try to say that LeBron is like Magic. I'm like, you don't know no. what the fuck you're talking about, dude. Magic Johnson's on another <clears throat> level. That dude had to be that dude. Like you know, you know he's dyslexic, right? No, I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's dyslexic, and he has like some different types of uh, learning issues and uh, things where uh, I think his brain is not neurotypical. Mm. Wow. And I'm convinced that whatever deficiency or whatever is happening in his brain that makes him dyslexic uh, has created some whole other type of uh, social intelligence or some other type of. Uh, fucking rain man Psychic. yeah yeah his spatial <laughs> intelligence is fucking insane yeah. that's it that those passes that's fucking that's nuts unbel- dude to be that big and be that you coordinated know, that hand eye coordination not, not just going down court racing down right court. full speed racing yeah. down All court gas. that big yeah. yes mm-hmm. if you yeah, yeah. magic johnson run the break you'll never see point guards run the break like that whether it be jason kidd none of them run the break no. like magic he runs down super fast yes. but somehow he's still managing to compute everybody yeah. else's whereabouts yeah. like he has somehow four other teammates and the people covering them there's positions all like fixed somehow yeah, in his head like he might be underrated i think so no i mean in a different era that dude would have been like a general yeah. like you know he would know oh, yeah. everybody's <laughs> movements and positions he would have been like a great general like yeah. you know speed chess he's an ancient military yeah. he's one of those guys that he could put a chess board out and play himself in chess you know what i'm saying yeah yeah uh, yeah. I was watching Larry Bird clips too, and that's another guy that kind of gets left out in the conversations now. Very underrated. man, I, I started looking at yeah. some of his highlights, and it was like, man. I was talking to a um, a friend of mine about Larry Bird. If you even look at Larry Bird's stats, stats it off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he's the guy that I would say he's like he's not a great athlete, but he's a great basketball right. player. Like you don't yeah. have to be a great athlete to play basketball. Right. right. So it's like, you know, you hear a lot of kids. I'm not going to go on a rant because I always talk trash about these people. But, you know, people that say that players today are bigger, stronger, faster, as if our DNA has changed so much in the last 25 mm-hmm. years. They act like 1986 is 250 years right. ago. But, but the other thing they don't get is 
a lot of people were choosing not to work out back then because there used yeah. to be a lot of superstition around that it would fuck up your mechanics. Absolutely. It would yeah. mess up your shot. So especially, a lot of people with, um, in football too, especially for quarterbacks, they would never let quarterbacks lift weights. Never. Yeah, yeah. So people act like there's some kind of innate physical block that those people have, but they don't realize that in, in this era, if you put those people in this era with all the proven yeah, I mean, and just fine and tried and tested um, workout methods. All those dudes would be working yeah, out they, now. They'd all, you know? they, I was going to say, they'd have access to all the, the nutrition that people, you know, the supplementation, the nutrition, all yeah. the, the technology. Yeah, the stigma's, yeah. The stigma's right. gone. I'll even go as far as to say, like, they had such natural curiosity and discipline that, if anything, I think if you put them in a world where working out was destigmatized, they would probably get bigger, stronger than a lot of these other people. Like, can you imagine, like, someone with the discipline of, like, a Larry Bird or Michael Jordan or yeah. whatever, putting that discipline to, like, getting big right. too like they would well, i mean larry bird is six nine i mean he could pass rebound score. you know, what I mean? you know oh, yeah. score i mean from, from anywhere on the court and also you know these same people that knock larry bird they acknowledge that dennis Rodman is one of the greatest defenders scotty pim is one of the he greatest defenders. Light them well, larry bird up. was cooking them he used to light them up he was cooking them you know so it's one and you know you gotta remember like larry bird uh career was really cut short because after he wins the championship in i believe 86 he goes and shovels his mom's garage, uh, uh, shovels his mom's pay, he paves her uh, driveway, and that's how he fucked yeah. up his back. So mm. whenever you would see Bird, I remember when I was a kid, we went to the Memorial Coliseum here in Portland when the Dream Team were they were doing the um, uh, what do they call it before the actual tournament games? It was like the Tournament of Champions where they would have these exhibition games against you know fucking Ghana and beat them by ninety eight <laughs> and shit like that. And Larry Bird would be I'm dead serious. Larry Bird would be laying on the floor. Yeah. You know what I mean? He would be back. laying on his stomach because his back was so fucked up that he couldn't even sit down. You know what I mean? So, and he was still cooking people at, and these are, you got to remember, these dudes are, Magic retired, he was 31. Yeah. Like, these yeah. are young guys. Yeah. Isaiah, Boy, yeah. Isaiah, at least 31. They're right. not old. So, this, yeah. you know, people say, oh, Magic was old. And These 40-year-old you know, athletes are like a new anomaly. Like, yeah. it was not common you saw someone doing what Vince no, Carter is right. doing. And it's like, I feel like the technology, the nutrition and all this yeah. stuff has people mm-hmm. playing longer. Yeah, but people don't realize. Can you imagine those guys if they had this amount of time to stay in, stay I mean, in the league? Baseball players play. They used to, baseball players used to play a long time. Baseball yeah. players would play for... I think Dave Rigetti played like 21 years. Yeah. Like these dudes have played way. They don't, they don't play as long in baseball these days. Right. You know Whereas I mean? basketball is the opposite. Like they're it's playing the longer. Now, right. Yeah. They're playing longer than. Yeah. The right. stuff they're doing with ice therapy treatments too now, man. Like, uh, yeah. you know, they're doing ice af- directly after the game. They're, they're wrapping themselves up with the ice to, to, uh, cut down on the swelling and all, because people, I guess people didn't understand back then, you know, how the role that, um, the pounding you put your body through out there on the court, how, yeah. how therapeutic ice could be after a hard basketball game because back then dudes used to would just ice after if you were injured you know if you twist your ankle yeah or you hurt right, your back right. or your knee right and little stuff like that yeah, matters yeah, big for sure, time for sure yeah because cumulatively over like years that's a lot oh, yeah. of icing oh, yeah. well they have this um i don't know if you guys ever heard of this uh it's like i don't want to call it i know exactly what you're talking about i've of, done that before where they get inside that yeah. tank and it's like minus 151 yeah. degrees i've done that and you can only be in there for yeah, you've done I've that done it. oh and all man this, and all this stuff is getting more and more accessible to the regular right. human. Yes. Like 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 this Equinox Gym, right? Equinox Gym has a special elite level. Like when I was once a member of Equinox Gym, this trainer that I knew was taking the training to get elevated to this elite level mm. Equinox. So he's like, yeah, guy, yo, I've been tapped. I'm going to go to like the Equinox of the Gods. Mm. And I was like, really? And it's kind of funny because it's kind of like 
you think you're in this gym and you're in like this high level gym and then you realize oh wait I'm in the Pentax Equinox <laughs> and it's like there's always like some kind of weird higher yeah. level and stuff and he's like yeah this Equinox regular Equinox members can't go to it and then they have people there like these like CEOs and you know middle aged people or like tech guys who have like well, young but with some money you know but who read a lot of Tim Ferriss and want to uh, do like this quantified self thing where you measure all your things but basically like, these people are very like performance addicted people where so in this equinox they have like athlete level trainers and sometimes actual athletes mm. go to get get worked on like you know they have like doctors uh-huh. there and stuff and they have like people who will like put a mask on your face while you run on a mm. treadmill to see what you're like like high level like combine right. test <laughs> like you know but it's also like extra luxury like there's like a mm. cabana and weird shit like you know so it's like there's like fake grass oh, and shit. and i'm like this shit feels like there's this movie called metropolis by fritz lang and then there's like this part where like the underworld people live and they and the rich people Is live literally like the, up in the uh, sky the android the woman okay yeah, yeah there's yeah, a robot yeah. in it yeah, very iconic uh, image. And I'm like, wow, that's what, like, that Equinox sounds like. Yeah, that yeah. high-level one. Like, 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 you know, they've been working out in, like, this uh, paradise. It's like uh, some kind of Aryan nation <laughs> in there. But, like, but, but like, the real Aryan nation, not the prison one, but, you know, this idea of, like, you know, a, a pantheon release. or something. Yeah. A secret yeah, yeah, was, and, yeah, I got you. You know what you said earlier, though, um, about things becoming more accessible to regular people? That's true. Because I know now, like, uh, there's places you can go that um, specialize specifically in stretching you know what i mean like you go in there mm-hmm. you can get uh, an athletic stretch like the kind that they do with professional athletes before games oh yeah um, i just talked to you guys about the cryo freezing you know you can go in there and get that done yeah cryo freezing is a, is, a, is yeah. available i went to one of those places that does like athletic uh, stretching this is when i was working mm-hmm. out like a lot and um they would do this thing my muscles would become black mm-hmm. and blue from what they did they did it with like this kind of mm-hmm. blade with a blunt mm-hmm. edge and they like blade your muscles to like totally release them and a lot of the trainers from equinox were going mm. to this place that's how i found out about it they told me and my insurance is that the one where they try to get the lactic acid out of your muscles or whatever they massage it out something like that yeah yeah, yeah they use this blade and they like get this lactic acid out and your muscles are like black and blue it looks like you uh roll down a set of stone stairs or something you're totally you bruised, your but then <laughs> yeah a bunch of people yeah, yeah. exactly and if you tell them yeah yeah i just got a massage the they'd be like what the fuck are you talking that's <laughs> yeah. not even a good lie. Yeah, you just yeah. say your ass with, man. It's, it's a, one of those, it's one of those like truths that. that sounds so crazy that you, you might as well just tell it like it's a lie. T- yeah. Tell a lie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, But then the next day, my muscles felt like great. No soreness, nothing. I can just go and attack mm. all over again. It was like surreal. Nice. Like it would heal like in two days. I would feel incredible. And that's what people understand. Like getting big or getting strong is one of actually the easiest things if you just show up. It's not like learning to pass a ball or learning to have the hand-eye coordination to actually do a, a ball sport. Right. So it's like this lack that they're saying that these old athletes have, like they're not big. Like getting big, you know how many stupid, think about all the stupid people you know in your life <laughs> and, 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 and undisciplined people who've managed to get big right. and strong. And just because they just show up every day, like their form could even suck. They do like 50% bicep curls. They're, um, you know, have bad form. They're going too heavy all the time or whatever, but they're still big and yeah. strong as hell. And it's not even about the, the, the getting bigger part of it now. It's they they want to develop functional strength, you know, so they do a lot of core strength yeah. training and all this type of stuff because they want to be strong, but they also want to maintain their flexibility. Be functional. Right? So. 
Yeah, yeah. you don't want to be walking around like yeah, you're exactly. Weak, man. Big, bulky, and stiff. You know what else yeah, tripped yeah. me out, man? Is um how accessible uh chiropractors are now. Like you can go get an adjustment yeah. for like forty bucks now. Yeah, this place I was talking about was a chiropractor slash sports okay. medicine place, and it was and it was all covered by my insurance. So it's like if I had to pay out of pocket for someone to like massage those lactic muscles out of my body for like an hour at a time, it would probably be a a huge inconvenience. I probably never even have gone mm. once, but the trip to the chiropractor and this guy was like $40 or now, less. Now, I never did the chiropractic thing. Is that, how, how is that? Have, you, have either of you ever done it? I never have. I've done it. It's it's kind of weird because you don't really know if you need this stuff mm. anymore. Because what happens is it all feels so good. Mm. It, it all feels so good that you more get addicted to it and you don't know how you feel mm. without it. And, and what I mean by mm. that is like... I went to the chiropractor and he did some stuff on my back. They said, first he did some stuff with electric shocks and he did some stuff on my back and I felt like incredible. Mm. And then I started like looking back to how I felt before and I made it so much worse in my mind. Like I was like, wow, like I wasn't even alive back then. Like, you know, I was walking around with my back feeling Some like red what? pill, blue pill shit, huh? Yeah. 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 And, and then like now like I can't freaking tell. Uh, so now like I go back to life without it and I'm like... I feel so much worse, but do I really feel worse? It's kind of like when you leave your house with your cell phone. Before cell phones were a thing, you went out of your house without a cell phone all the time. That was yeah. just the reality of things. But yeah. once you get a taste of years with a cell phone, now if you walk five blocks out of your house and you realize you don't have your cell phone, it's like you were caught out naked <laughs> in the street. You're like, holy it's shit. It's like you left your wallet yeah. there, near, like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like leaving yeah. your wallet, you know? And, and that's how I feel like a lot of that stuff is. So I think a lot of how much I feel like it works really comes from me overestimating how bad life is without it because i will say i was feeling like a super champion really? um after that stuff but before technically i was feeling fine too like like you know i mean now i think i, I was feeling terrible i've been reluctant to do it because chiropractic you know it always seemed kind of counterintuitive to me you know you go somewhere somebody crack your neck crack your back and it's, it looks real crazy when they're doing it and i, I just was always kind of like yeah seems a little excessive well, I, well, I'm, more, I'm more addicted to massages than anything massages. i got a spot here in yeah. portland oh my god this place man I just, well, dude, it's like they, you can just roll me outside and put me next to the garbage can. You know? it's, it's fire, wow. man. That's how, that's how the lactic acid felt. The lactic acid massage with the blade felt like if you like hard massages that make you feel like jelly after, picture the best hard massage you got on steroids. Mm. And that's what that one like uh, felt like. But that's what I mean. Like it, it started feeling addictive, like that with the chiropractic. But here's what I don't know. Just because it feels good doesn't mean it makes you feel healthy. Like if, if, I, if I do a bump of Coke, I'm going to feel like a million right. bucks too. <laughs> But if I do, but I've been there for like five years, I'm like a burnt out shell of a person. So it's like the chiropractic thing, you could be right that it's actually worse for you. Like who knows if it's fucking up your back over the long run, but it feels really good. Like, you know, like, like, like if, if I was sore from working out and I was like a uh, rotten potato in bed, like I was just beat up. And then someone said, hey, take a, take a bump of this Coke and take some of the speed. I would jump out of bed and be like, hey, yeah. man, I feel um, like a million bucks. But that doesn't mean that that thing is better for me than what got me in the pain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But I might run away thinking like, oh, wow, this is the health corrective to mm. exercise. Like, you know, this is better than exercise. Well, I'll say this. I think um, if you walk around the majority of your life stiff, you know, for like because you you don't exercise, you don't stretch, you don't do this and that, won't you limber up? Or even I'll even make it more practical. <clears throat> when you're overweight and then you, you you get the knee pain and your back and your feet, and then when you lose that weight, it's like a night and day difference. You feel great. Oh so yeah. I'm wondering if oh yeah. 
That's I'm true. wondering if um, from years of bad posture, doing things, just generally being stiff, uh, because we don't use our flexibility and our muscles to the maximum that we, that we the capacity that we have, obviously. So when you go and you get those stretches and when you get the chiropractic treatment, maybe it is really doing something because it's, you know, it's limbering up and loosening up things that are otherwise tight all the time. You know what I'm saying? And it all sounds plausible, you know, when they say it. But one of the problems is every couple of years, some new everything yeah. you thought was wrong um, movement true. happens and suddenly you're like oh wait so all the old stuff sounded plausible like for example when it went to like paleo and low um low carb everything they said about you know carbs and paleo was super like plausible but now a lot of people are saying okay the paleo was like a step in the right direction but no one needs to eat a, Flem- a flintstones rack of meat now every it's day. Kato, <laughs> you know whatever you know it's like- y- yeah yeah where it's like you know you're still low carb but you're balancing uh less meat and and now suddenly like vegetarians might have had a little bit more of a point that we gave them mm-hmm. credit for and stuff like that so it's, it's kind of like that where it's like it feels better it feels good i'm sure it's it's an improvement but i wouldn't be surprised if they come out later with and some people who are already on that saying that chiropractors are bad for you because they increase arthritis or things like that you know and and they're making that claim but i will say the chiropractor felt great i had bad neck pain after like a minor car accident and they really um cleared it up and they claim to be attacking like the nerves like there was some kind of like pinched nerve right, or something that's right here too and yeah and that stuff definitely worked and i would definitely go to them you um, do it again I, yeah, I, I, I'm a yeah. I, I, you've convinced me. I'm gonna go ahead and get because I've been having uh, this tension pain in my neck, man. Like it just from the from the lower part of my neck all the way up to the base of my skull. It comes every once in a while, and then I have this terrible shoulder pain. It kind of wakes me up in the night sometimes, man. Sometimes I'll get it on my left shoulder, and then sometimes I'll get it on the right shoulder, and no pain relievers work. You know, I've taken the Praxin, I've mm. tried all kinds of stuff, and nothing seems to get. And nerve pain is really crazy because the nerve could be in a totally different part of your body and because nerves are such long mm-hmm. networks the nerve could be in one part of your body and it's fucking up a whole different part right. of your body so maybe yeah. Yeah, and I got some sciatica issues too so fuck it I'll give it a shot and see man it's like the it's like the broke down podcast we're just yeah, talking we're about like <laughs> fixing up about getting old yeah. and shit <laughs> yeah down, old NBA when they wore the shorts all the way up to their yeah. balls <laughs> but yo I wanted to ask you guys about something um I don't know why we hadn't talked about this yet. Maybe, maybe we have, but uh, ASAP Rocky. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we go to ASAP Rocky, I want to do two more things. I want to say one more thing about longevity in sports and close out talking about Mike because the ASAP Rocky thing is so crazy. That's going to be its own, like, uh, it's going to be its own stretch of time, I think. <laughs> but I'm going to say this about, uh, you know, I think baseball players are playing shorter is I think like baseball I feel like basketball is a sport where it was very easy for your body to break down before your spirit did. So I think a lot of people used to have to retire out of basketball with their spirit still being ready to do more, but their body just, you know, not being able to take it anymore. Whereas I feel like baseball, your body doesn't break down as long, so you can play a long time routinely. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's such a skills-based game. And And they they can move you to a less skilled position. I mean, if you played, you know, third base for years, then all of a sudden now you're a DH. So all you got to do is swing a fucking bat. You ain't even got to try to play any defense, catch the ball, nothing. So Yeah. I think in the American League, is it the American League or the National? National League, where you could actually have a, a runner, like you hit the ball right in that right. Yeah, like you can uh, pinch, yeah. pinch runners. Yeah, yeah, pinch runner. Hey, but but that's interesting. I feel like uh, it got so lucrative that people are retiring just because it's like, hey, I don't have to. This is not like a real job job anymore. I don't have to work. 
21 years, like I could just be filthy rich and open up a nightclub or do real estate investing business yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I think a lot of them now, they're like leaving early because they just don't have to. Whereas like basketball, they're playing longer because it's like, holy shit, our bodies can finally uh, mm-hmm. play as long as our... Uh, I mean, they're even making concessions for NBA players, like no more back-to-backs on certain nights and certain times of year, no more back-to-backs. You know, back in the day, they would play three, four games in a row. Yeah. It, I remember the, you know, the Lakers, my dad's a huge Laker fan, so the Lakers would have a home game against the Clippers, which is really whatever, but then they would go to Phoenix, Portland, come back to LA, then they get a break and go on the East Coast. Yeah. And that was routine. They used to be routine back then. That's routine. You know, nowadays they don't they don't do that. NFL don't do that either. You won't have like the Eagles playing Arizona and then going all the way back to play the Giants. If they're gonna come to the West Coast, they're gonna stay here for two games and then go back. Yeah, I really don't like the the NFL adding more games to the season. That that kind of uh, it's horrible. It's a bad idea, especially in the league now where you you have the whole thing with uh, what is it called a CTE and all that kind of stuff, man. And you know all the revelations that came out about that and. You're actually adding more games to the schedule. Um, not- I mean, if they're going to give them guaranteed contracts, I'd be all for yeah, it. Yeah. Guarantee those mm-hmm. contracts. You know? What is their guarantees now? What do they get, like 60% up front or something like that? Their contracts are extremely Yeah, it depends on the contract. Yeah. yeah, it's like one of those, uh, if you sign, you know, you know, Le'Veon Bell signs for $135 million, well, 60, $60 million is guaranteed. And uh, the rest of that money, he'll never see it. You know, it's in the back end of the contract. The now, contract. see, I feel like in professional football, I would do that. Like, if I if I were skilled enough to play professional football at a high level and make it to the NFL to where I could get a max deal, I'd retire early and, and start up a business and just leave it all together if I could. There was one guy, I think he played for the 49ers. He retired early. He bought, like, some farmland or something. He's making more money now or whatever than he was when he was playing. Yeah, football. I know the exact dude you're yeah. talking about. Uh, there's a story released with him like sitting on a tractor yeah, or something yeah. and, and when i read like, his business acumen i was like wow this dude suffered minimal damage like like you know he's not gonna be mentioned in a lot of um all all-star all-timer uh conversations yeah. but he's gonna be comfortable without any looking like a broke down yeah. heap in right. his 40s you know so i think it's more than a fair trade-off tech startups um, out here man like matt bars played basketball he said he makes more money with his tech thing now than he ever did in his entire career so when he retired he was yeah, like, oh, yeah. and that's why and that's why i hate the whole reparations thing about they're gonna blow all their money on um rims and jordans yeah, and shit is. because it's like even if 80 percent do that the same way like a lot of athletes uh they love telling you the stories with the athletes that fuck it up because that's like oh, yeah. propaganda that they like to that's a conventional sells papers that that argument sells papers yeah yeah but you know if even if you get like 10 percent of the people reparations doing moves like that that's still a 10 percent didn't happen yeah, before sure, you know what sure. i'm saying no yeah, fuck i mean i bet i'm sure we look at japanese reparations but i can find a japanese dope addict and a dr- drunk somewhere that took his money and got drunk right. somewhere so i mean look, all that, that that all that does is just um pathology uh, what do you call it yeah. pathologize pathologizes yeah and, it, and and also throw in uh infantilize like yeah, you, know, you know like, like, I mean? like, like we don't need they don't need money let's just just give them free education and education they can't use or give them jobs or it's always going to be something non-tangible but with everybody else you gave them money you know i don't like to debate with people about what should we get motherfucker give me what's owed to me and you do what you do with stop yours, pocket okay? watching bro like these we're not in a group yeah, we're not yeah in stop, a group. stop pocket watching pocket watching yo another good another good episode that we had i just remember another one that i i would like to recommend it to people is one of our best ones 
But the sound quality, this is one of the ones where I'm like, I wish I listened to this one before I released it. The one with Dominic? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one was really Poor good. Dominic. But the sound quality is atrocious. Yeah. And I'm like, how the hell did I even let this uh, play? It, it was so bad. Like, I'm convinced I didn't hear the final uh, mix down before uh -huh. I released it. But one of the things that you said was like how black people, they're kind of like stamped with like the Mark of Cain or like they're like the slave class. Like, like you're always like you're neutral your thing is like slave so even if you um are like a ceo it's like wow that's a slave that made ceo mm -hmm. like like yeah, that's yeah, yeah yeah it's always contextualized by you're always gonna be in a slave class yeah yeah it's always contextualized like you know it's not so it's almost like it's part of the reason why there's so much the first black this the first black that and it's really the implication is like wow a slave was able to do this like it's extra yeah. uh impressive whereas if it was a white guy it would just be another ceo or another yeah. whatever and one of the things i started realizing recently is like that kind of stamped with slavery thing that whole thing is um it makes it so that everything that you do like there's certain things that when black people do even when they have money gets treated a certain way and i think it's because it's like your baseline is slave so it's like mm. a slave with money did this so so in, you know how like the, we're talking about how in the mind of a racist a black guy having sex with a white rape. woman is yeah. always rape and it's like it's because like a slave no matter how high in status in the castle like a slave becomes him having sex with the lady of the castle still seems wrong even if somebody's accumulated more money you know than her it's like a transgression everybody can game of thrones like the most wealthy lowborn person uh sleeping with cersei there's still a, a level of it's a transgression mm -hmm. even if uh she like it's, it's like that and i feel like the other flip side of it is anything that we do is is anything we get is charity yeah because you're supposed to be a slave so it's like uh the nfl players we know we're talking about with kaepernick they made all this they got this incredible amount of skills where they are the most elite physical specimens in this uh game to ever exist in any uh time in history but like some redneck in the trailer park will act like he should be grateful like you know and act like they somehow gave it to them like you know like like it's not a fair exchange of quid pro quo like okay he got incredible amounts of skills now he's trading it in a high in a high demand market for the appropriate around amount of money it's always the idea that you know what you were supposed to be a slave so you should be uh grateful, for, yeah. grateful. yeah it's like that you're always supposed what well, you're supposed to be is a slave so everything else is like our merciful benevolence and uh that's where I think a lot of what you were just talking about comes from, where it's like they want to tell the story of the person who made money, spent it because, you know, he's going back to his natural like state. It fits like the narrative, you know, but the guy who crossed over and did a little too well, it feels weird. And I think that's where the, a lot of his reparations talks come from. Like reparations is supposed to be a debt owed. Like, you know, if stabbed you or hit you with my car or if I made you work for me. And I never paid you the money that you were supposed to uh, be paid. It would be normal for me to, it'd be normal for the money to be demanded. And no one would tell the person, well, hey, the person who you didn't pay, I'm not sure they're going to spend it right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's right. like you owe right. it. Like, like no one would let you get away right. with that, you know, and, and you as the person paying the money back, you could be like, yeah, well, you know what? I stabbed his family and I raped his wife, but I don't know if he's going to spend this money right. <laughs> so even though I did all this fucked up shit to him, maybe we should give his kids a scholarship right. or, you know, people would be like, how dare you? You're the wrongdoer here. How dare you 
try to dictate how their person they're supposed to spend. You should just shut up and pay. Like, yeah. like the extra audacity to be the wrongdoer and the thief and then claim the moral high ground that you have the right to demand how the money. But no one makes that connection with black people because there's this natural and even black people black I think pathology don't realize you do this black pathology realism black pathology yeah. real, realism where that's you know black are missing in the man. bottom that's some yeah. real shit that's one of the episodes I'd recommend as well you did a follow up to it where you kind of clarify some things but um, I recommend that for sure because what you're describing is just that and it's not even something that is um, can only be done by the dominant society we pick up that habit as well we don't even think that we're yeah, worthy we, of that you know exactly yeah. that talent and well, shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, if you're going to give those Negroes money, make sure that it goes through this person's hands first. Yeah. You know but, even those ta- but even those talented 10 types, they're not making the case that I'm making. Like, you know, no. like, like to a degree, they believe in yeah. it too. They just want to be the managers. They want to be the managers, of, the gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be like somebody would be like, hey, I'm the over, I'm the black manager of the slaves. Like, you know, I'm the one who's like, you know, is managing all the slaves. Because these had that position where like, you know, a certain slave who's manager of all the, um, Bottom slaves is like, and it becomes to a point, you know, and they talk about slaves who didn't want to leave the big house uh, or who sabotaged slavery rebellions. And they realize even though this is a pathological state, you know, a world in which black people are meant to be slaves is a world where I have some status, you know, even though I'm going to end up being one of those slaves, I'll be the top one. But a world without slavery will make me just another free nigger. Right, you know, and, right. and I think a lot of those talented ten types, they they kind of interject in the reparations argument on behalf of the black pathology view because they're like, if black pathology realism is true, then my job as champion of the slaves is secure, or manager of the slaves is secure. If I really call out the whole fucked up mindset of it and undo the mindset, you know. Then who am I? Your position too. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Just think about how sick that sounds. You're more comfortable with being dominated by another group of people so long as you get to stay in middle management, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to overthrowing the whole situation so that you Well well that was the whole that was the whole killmonger thing. When when people were using arguments, a lot of those blavity blue check BuzzFeed mm-hmm. types were using the argument where it's like Killmonger had to go because he was using the oppressor's tactics against the oppressor and that's no way to freedom. It's like, but wait a minute, you're <laughs> living under the oppressor. Right. So, so it's like, what you say is making no sense because if his problem is that he's using the oppressor's tactics, like it'll be one thing the oppressor was gone and then some black person was coming around Doing the tactics, using the right. oppressor's tactics and, and then you were saying, wait a minute, we got rid of this oppressor. Who are you to come using the oppressor's tactics? Fuck you, but you're still living under the original oppressor and it's someone else and the oppressor's still using these tactics on you and someone else comes and goes hey i want to fight the oppressors but this time you know uh we'll benefit from it and you're like uh you know what i don't like living under the oppressors the tactics uh oppressors tactics under you mm-hmm. yeah I, but you know <laughs> under the old oppressor i'm fine with them and it's like wait you don't have a problem with the white oppressors tactics you just have a problem with being oppressed by anybody other than the white mm-hmm. oppressor like you yeah. know because you're still fine at the end of the movie with the white oppressor being in charge like you know you used to, you used to want black people yeah, oppressing okay. you because you look down on them the yeah, same way white like people the look prison down analogy on them. when you have ultimately the warden and the the ceos are responsible for the harsh conditions of the prison right but people are more happy 
happy to be in league with them, the people who are actually causing the harm and the suffering, than they are to be in league with the prisoner. You know what I'm saying? The prisoners are doing what the fuck they have to do to survive, but I don't want to be involved with right. them. I'd rather be in league with the warden and the COs. You know what I mean? Like, it's that same type of mentality, man. People... They're going to treat me like a prisoner, right. too, but at least I get to exactly. sit next to them. In the big house or in the watchtower in the or whatever, house, man. Right. It's a, it's a right. real fucked up mentality to have, man. But our community is, um, you know, filled up with Negroes like that, man. That's 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 straight up uh, PTSD like a motherfucker. Yeah. And and that's what happened to ASAP Rocky to a degree. You know what I'm saying? To bring it back to ASAP Rocky. But uh, one thing I want to yeah, say I about Mike. Say, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thing I want to say about Mike is when he got diagnosed with being, uh, we were we were on a very good roll and a very good like like you said hitting our stride. And what people don't realize is how much of that was due to Mike because there were a lot of times where we would be hemming and hawing, I'd be in a bad mood, and it's like going to the gym or sports. You got to show up even when you're in a bad mood. And I feel like with podcast and stuff because it's such a self-starting thing it's very easy to give yourself like the night off and there were a lot of times where like mike would text me and be like you know what fuck it let's just do it Mm -hmm. let's just go you know there were a lot of times where i'm like i wasn't going to do it and then he would like text there'd be times where it's like we'd all be um getting ready to do it and we'd all be kind of talking ourselves out of it and and, and sometimes like you know people talk to us out of it and the mike would be like you know what fuck it man five minutes let's do it and then i'd be like you know what okay he's changed he's changed me on into it and we would do it and i would feel like really good after i'm like wow i'm so glad we did it it's one of our best ones very good show yeah yeah yeah. and we had no topic no one wanted to do it and sometimes it's like me and mike there'd be times where you know there was no one else available mike was available and then he would just push me and i I was like i was gonna watch tv fuck it you and mike had great chemistry together man yeah yeah yeah, i feel like i feel like mike had a good chemistry with everybody you know and it was it was um kind of blended he was malleable yeah it was very yeah, but I was very surprised too pleasantly at the specific chemistry like uh, Mike and I had because he had strengths that I was very mm-hmm. weak in that uh, really helped because he was so good at remembering details and I'm so bad at that. Because he remembered details, a lot of times he would take a point I was making farther I could have because he would come up with a specific example that I totally forgot yeah. about that kind of proved it and stuff. And when he got diagnosed, I felt like a lot of the energy got sucked yeah. out. I, I yeah like we went through long breaks and I remember it felt very pointless yeah I remember um prior to him getting the diagnosis you know he took some time off um because he was feeling ill you know he didn't know what the hell was going on and um yeah and he wasn't telling right, me at least right, right. so you know I just I just thought he just got busy or yeah. something but even then I felt something sucked out yeah me and him we chopped it up you know probably more than anybody um else on the show you know me and him chopped it up a lot off air and uh he would be telling me like man you know I, I don't know what's going on man I can't really get it together you know I'm at work I don't feel good and xyz i'm not going to uh, detail every bit of every conversation we had but it was something that he had been struggling with for a while you know he didn't know what was going on and i, pre- I remember telling him i said well man just um you know shit man hit a hit an outpatient clinic man you know see what the hell is going on and i remember i think he did do that and um i don't think they found out then that that's the issue that he i think they thought it was some type of gastrointestinal thing you know so they gave him like some stomach pills and shit like that if i remember correctly and then 
and um, he tried to push through it. He came back and he did a few episodes. And then um, I guess he ended up in the hospital at a certain point. And that's when he found out that he had it, man. And just, um, I just remember, man, that that really, every all every single one of us, man, we were, that shit hit us hard. You know, I can only imagine, you know, what it did to him and his family. Oh, and, for sure. Um, I could just speak for myself, you know. Um, it made it very hard for me to get motivated like you were just saying, man. And uh, and I remember we felt something was off yeah. for a while because we used to keep texting each other like, you know, has anybody heard from Mike? Is everything yeah. okay with him? And we thought, and I was hoping he was going to say like, you know, I've been fighting with the lady or right. something and, you know, I had to move out my house. So it's maybe something that was like, you know, something like something that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, then when he dropped that, I was like, wow. And I remember it was very, very hard to... um like I, I feel like in a dark place to be yeah. honest. I feel like in a pretty dark place. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, it was sure. it was hard. Ken yeah. too. I know Ken was uh, telling me some stuff too, man. And uh, I just you know whenever I would talk to him, I just try to um, keep his spirits up, man. Yeah. You know me, I'm gonna say something crazy, yeah. something you know, you know what I mean. Just try to keep him because I you know when he when he told us about it, you know the first thing you want to do is find out what what you could do right. for him. You know, and I'm looking up, (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking up all kinds of medicines and natural stuff (laughs) and sour sop. And I'm like, man, you ever tried this? And I'm like, you know, because I've I've, um, had multiple family members Mm -hmm. to deal with cancer. My mom's sister, my aunt, she had lymphoma. My grandmother had cancer and, and I was there. You know what I'm saying? To see him, you know, at one minute, you know, these are these are people that, you know, like my grandmother is one of the strongest people I ever knew. And then to see her at one point where she couldn't even get out of the bed. And I'm like, man, this, you know, because it doesn't dawn on you. You know what I mean? Like that this ain't, you know, you know, it's real, but it ain't real. I'll, you know, you guys heard me say, I told Mike, I was like, man, I think you're going to beat it, dude. Like it never entered into I, my mind. I thought that he was it would be too, something that bad. Yeah, I thought he was, too. But I feel like I was doing that more for my own benefit. To a degree, yeah. then totally for his. Like, like there was a primary, I think. It was easier for me to just think the most optimistic thing. So I didn't want to talk like it was something that was, um, you know, as dangerous as it was. And, and also, I really wanted to believe it. So I really wanted to believe yeah. if he just act like things are positive enough, that gives the person um, the strength they need to, um, you know, pull yeah. through it and stuff. So it's like, I feel like I never really attacked it like head on with him as much as that. I now wish I did. Right. You know, because, um, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like almost attacking it head on with him directly in conversation too much would be almost like doing a disservice. Like, oh, I'm talking about him like he's already gone. gone. I'm taking away his, his will to fight, you know, so. I remember I told him that too, um, because sometimes you don't know what to say. You know what I mean? Like you just, yeah. I, I, I don't know what to say. And there were times where I wanted to call a man and just chop it up with him, but um, you know, I talked myself out of it because I knew inevitably it was gonna, you know, you're pretending like something's not going on that's really that is really a real situation. And right. I remember thinking to myself, man, let me just call this dude, man, because you know, there's no point in pretending that, you know. So I asked him. I said, man, I, I'm gonna tell you, bro, I don't know what to say. Hey man, I have questions I want to ask you, man. But you know, I want to be respectful of your situation. He was like, man. So I'm like, he said, man, just just straight up, man. Be straight up with me, like you always have. And I said, all right. So then I started asking him because remember, I didn't remember we didn't want to ask him. Well, damn, did they give you a terminal diagnosis? Did they say how long you had? Yeah. Me and T were like, damn, should we ask them some shit like that? Like, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And finally, I just was like, well, fuck it, man. Let me ask him what's really going on. Like, how serious is the situation? I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you did. And I wish I yeah. did it. That's like a big regret. Um, And, and it's funny because I was going to, there's a part of me that almost wanted to say, like, for the next time this happens. And I'm like, damn, I don't want to think like that. But I'm like, you know, that's the exact thing that got me in a situation to mm-hmm. begin with. Like, denying that, like, in life, it is going to happen yeah. again, yeah, you know? Sure. Yeah, it's, it's inevitable it's going to happen yeah, I know, again. Uh, that's, that's, I know three people. Well, that's what I was talking about with my mother we had uh i know shit, like three or four people including mike that uh passed away from various types of cancers at a very young age i had my homeboy buddha head he just passed away last year uh rest in peace malice that's a great that's a great yeah he had that head man right from my hood and uh malice green and he just passed away from cancer i remember looking at a couple of his facebook posts you know towards the end of his life and he was talking about how alone he felt and uh that broke my heart man you know that was somebody i grew up with and uh yeah. i also knew another young lady she was beautiful sister man her kids she was only 36 years old and uh, she passed away from cancer and uh it was just like wow man you know at this age man i don't i don't know what's going on but i know you it's becoming more often that you hear about it whether it's leukemia prostate cancer pancreatic cancer whatever the case may be yeah um, it seems like you would just, you used to hear about it, um, you know, with older people. And uh, yeah. now it seems like, you know, at a younger and younger age, people are not only being diagnosed with cancer, but terminal cancer. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I don't know, man. I just pray that I don't even know how you, I don't know how you get checked for it. Like, that's the biggest issue with a lot of cancers. You don't know until mm-hmm. it's spread to the point where you're already at a terminal stage, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? That's something I've always thought about, you know, getting older and you, uh, you think about, you know, what what should you do? You know, of course, we try to mm-hmm. eat better, exercise, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I, you know, that's something I've been I always think about yeah. that kind of stuff as a person, a person like me who's always anxious, has, you know, anxiety about everything. It's um, OK. I just turned 38. So should I go get this checked out? And, and oh, my arm is hurting. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Heart attack. Uh, so I started thinking about uh, like genetic stuff so I would call my pops I call my uncles my, my mom you know what I'm saying just talk to them about our genetics like is this in our family like there's certain things that are genetic that are just genetically in your family whether it be heart disease and things like that unless it's one of those you become morbidly mm-hmm. obese heart disease but genetic heart disease I have a friend of mine I've known her since sixth grade I was inside of a Safeway and I saw her, her and her husband. I've known him. We played high school football together. I've known these people for 20 some years. And she told me she has heart failure. And I was like, what is that? I started thinking about that. What does that mean? You know what I mean? But then she told me her mom has it. Her grandmother has it. So I'm like, oh, so it's a so genetic it made some thing. some sense in a way. You know? Yeah, it made, it made more sense compared to someone who, you know, probably ended up with heart disease because, you know, they ate bad their whole life, out of shape, never exercised, you know, all these, you know, drank a lot, you know, smoke, you know what I mean? Like a lot of those things play into that. But then I don't think Mike smoked. Mike didn't smoke. You know uh, what I mean? He didn't drink uh, like that. Uh, what? Well, well, yeah, he, he did, did drink, drink. But I, I'm not drinking. I don't want to yeah. put, put his yeah, business out there. Yeah. Right. But you know, you know, but you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like he, he was, you know, regular normal brother out here that was just, you know, you know, things start happening. It's like, damn, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 one thing I think is very different and I'm noticing this. I don't know why it is, but my mother pointed this out is that like my mama asked, she's like, why are you guys having so much trouble in your generation 
compared to where we were at your age, because technically you guys are kind of healthier than us in a way, you know, as far as like we're supposed to know mm-hmm. more. Like what we were just talking you know about what I mean? with, with athletic. Yeah. 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 And it's like they were actually healthier than than us. Like like none Absolutely. of them in my mom's generation had like these problems in the late 30s, early 40s. Yeah. You know, well, stress plays a huge part yeah. of it. You know what I mean? And that's and that's stress going all across the board, whether it be dealing with social stress, you know what I'm saying? Financial stress. Like, I don't believe, you know, my grandparents, you know, my grandparents own multiple homes. You know what I mean? Uh, that was never an issue of trying to buy a home when you, in the 1950s, 1960s, um, unless you were, you know, redlining, you know, all these other situations. But there's certain type of stresses that we they didn't have to worry about, like even when it comes to food. You know what I mean? The food that they consume, people grew their own food or you actually went to the meat market and got fresh meat. Like there was no such thing as, oh, I don't know if this is fresh or not. Facts. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that didn't exist. Oh, I don't know if these oranges are good if they're in season or if they're if they're genetically they're modified. In pesticides, no. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that wasn't anything that was that didn't exist. So yeah, while we do have, it's almost like a uh, um, pinky in the brain. You know what I mean? Like we have all this technology, but we're gonna do something dumb with it. We're gonna do something stupid. We're gonna hurt ourselves. We're gonna hurt each other. You know what I mean? And then the in the band aid that we put on it. We're going to fuck that up, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we see it every day. It might be like putting a Band-Aid on a severed artery, man. Like, um, yeah, you know, uh, quantity is not is not necessarily quality. You know what I'm saying? So because we have so many options and and so much access to information, sometimes you can have information overload or overload. Overload. overload Yeah. Different things and get away from the basics. I know what you talked about, Ken, with the genetics, man, that's something that I really thought about because it really bothered me that I knew so many people in my age group that were passing away from cancer. And, you know, when I say so many people, it's really not that many people. But it's it's enough that I knew personally for for the for the age for the age range right for the age range enough that I knew personally like certain things don't hit that close like you'll hear about something you know and and it seems distant to you but when it's people that you know um, for years you know it kind of hits a little different and um, so I started asking questions about genetics as well like well mom you know or my grandmother do we have has anybody in our family passed away from cancer like do and the answer has been no you know in the same with my father's mm-hmm. side as a matter of fact like on my grandmother's side they're known for their durability and longevity like yeah. they we live yep. fucked up lot. like my 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 yeah. uh i'll just put my personal business out there you know my grandmother is uh 85 years old and she's been in a yeah. nursing home now for like the past three or four years um with alzheimer's and then she had a couple of strokes as well um mm-hmm. the alzheimer's has gotten to the point in her brain where she should be gone you know but she's still here she's still kicking and nobody understands why but my family you know we we seem to endure a lot of fucked up physical things and live through it because we were like i don't know if they bred us that way i don't know what the fuck it is yeah yeah yeah, you know it's funny i always say uh you know my grand my great-grandfather passed away he was 88 Mm -hmm. and uh it was an accident how he passed away you know he went in for surgery and something Mm -hmm. went wrong you know uh even on my dad's side you know i always say man we must have been come from good stuff yeah you know what I'm saying? We was a part of the slaves that they didn't, they didn't work. They worked yeah, as hard yeah. as hell. They couldn't be, they couldn't right. fill up. And that's what I, you know I, what I mean? know exactly so, what you're saying. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, unfortunately, unfortunately like yeah. That, yeah. But, you know, yeah. Unfortunately, you know. 
you know what's scary about that is I feel like a lot of times that's a stereotype that ends up hurting too because they say like in doctor's offices and stuff or in different things people kind of think back about a higher threshold yeah. and I think it's, I think it's not even really that I just think when you get used to things being fucked up you can it's not like you're feeling less pain you just kind of know how to cope with it you can tap into a deeper reserve of, of uh, yeah endurance when you have to you know. yeah but it, but but it doesn't really mean that you feel the pain right. less which I think what a lot of people think that you know that, that there's like a real happiness in the pain because you know we talked before about how like this kind of beautiful struggle things ingrained mm-hmm. in people and it's another reason why the reparations thing seems messed up because it feels like it needs to have struggled attached to it it doesn't seem right and stuff and like what we were saying before about the whole you know people treat everything black people get as a uh, gift or you know so whatever so, so it's like thankful for thankful you're even getting yeah that because you really deserve yeah crunch, because, because but. Yeah, because you're supposed to be a slave and stuff. So, you know, it's kind of like if you see that if you owe somebody $20, you know, even if they're homeless, you know, if you see them, you know, in the street, you know, your first thought is, hey, I owe you unequivocally this $20. Here you go. But if it's like a, a beggar who fucked off his life and, you know, is in the street, you know, from drugs or homelessness, not saying that anybody deserves to be there, but, you know, you can feel that. And you don't owe them any money. You don't know jack about them. You have no uh, commitment to them. You know, you can lure the $20 over them, you know, because it's a gift. It's like, hey, how do I know you're not going to uh, spend it all in one place? Uh, hey, I don't feel comfortable giving you this $20. What if I buy you this meal and I give you that meal mm-hmm. instead? You can, I'll let you pick the meal. Every time people do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I've, say, I've uh, been guilty hey, of that in the past. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, no, no, I don't think it's a bad yeah. thing because at least in that scenario, I think it's appropriate for the right. scenario. Like, like, I don't think you have to say guilty because I'm not criticizing the practice. Like, it's only bad if you do it to somebody. Well, it's arguably whether or not it's I bad. I say it's and, undoubtedly condescending in a way. Yeah, yeah it's, it's undoubtedly yeah. condescending. One might ask, is it a necessary condescension? Right. And there's a battle over that. You know, like, uh, who are you to say that he's not able to spend it on what he wants, even if it's drugs? Or who are you to assume that he's going to do it on drugs or whatever? You know, but um, regardless, it's an extra level of injury to give that treatment. I mean, no matter how condescending it is in this so-called rightful form or how wrong it is and what's perceived as a rightful form, it's extra wrong in a situation where you fuck somebody over. Right. And, and the way you fuck them over is part of the reason why they're homeless. That's what's even mm-hmm. worse. It's like, not only do I owe you, homeless person, actually, this mistake I made is a big reason why you're homeless yeah. to begin with. And now, and now I'm going to lord it over you. This money I'm going to give you, like, you need to thank me, you need to bow and scrape for it. I'm going to call it a handout, you know, even though it's really... And the whole reason that I'm in a position to give you the so-called handout is because of that unpaid work yeah. that I got from you or what I stole from you. Really some stuff. evil shit. So it's... That if really wicked. Yeah, some really yeah. Evil, yeah, evil, evil shit. shit. But because we're always the deserved homeless person in any narrative, you know, it's hard for them to think of us as someone that somebody could rightfully owe something to. Yeah. You know? As I talk about black people around the world, like, as somebody that you can actually be like you could be res- that you could be responsible to them for your greatness. Like that even kills them more. Like mm-hmm. the idea that that labor might have actually be responsible for my whole status mm-hmm. in this world. You know, uh, that's very hard to uh, a bitter pill to wrap their head around too. And but it's scary how much black people buy into it. Like this whole thing, like oh, black people they're gonna fuck it all off. Like I heard black people say, oh, they're gonna spend it all in Jordan. Then it's like if somebody if owes you money. 
you know, special fucking business, um, but you don't spend it on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you're the one who owns the money, it's especially right, not your business. Right. You know, you, you I know owe I owe you like, this money, like, but man, you gonna blow it on Jordans and rims, man. I don't know if I should pay it back to you, motherfucker. If you don't give me my money, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You have nothing to do with it. Like, 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 in what in what universe is the payer of the debt, like the person who has the right to decide whether or not you uh deserve to get paid and how they're going to uh pay for you like that's basically what uh courts are for right. you know what i'm saying well i think it was one of you brothers said that uh it's like if you go to court you were suing someone and you know the judge says oh i know you're owed this a million dollars <laughs> yeah. for you know them hitting you with their car but i don't know you might just yeah. blow it so, so i'm gonna give you some education you know, instead good. yeah right yeah. Right, yeah. right right yeah right. that or nothing right. at all like i'm gonna give you I'm, oh no i'm gonna give you some, some financial literacy right. classes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> instead <laughs> you, want some, you want some yeah. of those yeah. i mean if you if you ever if you even tried if you ever went to some say somebody owed you some money somebody owed you i don't know a hundred thousand dollars and then they went they come to pay you back and then they tell you about what you're gonna do with the money that they owe you probably beat right. the hell out of them and, and and they're trying to say like they're doing you a favor like you know yeah, like, yeah. like 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 they're kind of sending about it to boot it's not like a, hey uh I'm I'm begging you to get out of it. It's like, hey, let me tell you something. Uh, I don't think you're gonna handle this well, you know. And uh, so, for your own good, I'm not gonna give this to you because first off, this is a handout, and you're a yeah. beggar. And I need yeah. to make you stronger. So it's like it's an extra injury. Like not only am I gonna pay you what I owe you, I'm going to like you know act like I'm gonna assassinate I'm your character. Kind of, yeah, you know, what, it really, what it really boils down to is fear, and that comes even from people in our own community. They're yeah. afraid that they won't have anybody to look down on anymore. They're afraid they won't have anybody to tell mm. no. They're afraid of all of that shit. You know what I mean? Especially black people. Those oh, bougie oh, oh. ass that's motherfuckers. Th- that's they, true. they do not. They love that middle management because they love telling somebody black no. You can't. On other black imagine. Yeah. Oh imagine, man. Imagine you're a bougie. That. Imagine you're a bougie black person. Got all these student loans. Uh, got spent your money looking down on uh, people from the hood, and you got your good little job. And everyone likes yeah. like your good little job. And one of your best feelings is you can lord it over the over the niggers. You know what I mean? Like, like like you're not one of these hood people. And if anything work in your um, job, you get to make their life hell. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And police them for how they're going to make you look bad or not, you know, whatever. Picture suddenly everyone, and it's even worse if you're not like an ADO West or you're not going to get any of the money, but picture like uh, everyone suddenly getting the same amount of money to the point that your job salary doesn't make a difference. Like now suddenly, and if anything, that person with the hood might now have a bigger net worth than you because you have all these uh, student loans and stuff. Oh, so, yeah. So like maybe like a hundred or two hundred thousand, you know, especially if you're like one of these like you know, lawyers or MBAs, a hundred or two hundred thousand of your payout is going to go right to the student loan company, mm-hmm. whereas they're going to have a two hundred fifty thousand. Like if the if the yeah, amount two hundred fifty thousand head start on you, yeah, two hundred fifty thousand net worth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, because they don't own anything right now. Like that's just two hundred fifty thousand free and clear. They're they're going to be above you. And I think a lot of these like uh, blue check blavity uppity uh, bushy type of black people that scares them. It's gonna like the lift all boat stuff at least preserves their position. So being a socialist mm-hmm. is more appealing to them because hey, oh yeah, because then you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll let you all rise. have nothing. You know what I'm saying? nothing. Or if we rise, we all rise together. And the the bad part, the bad part about that is, when we all rise together, they're still going to have the same lesser position to whites that they still do because it's going to lift everybody. But they'll still have niggas to look down on. Yep. Yeah. So that's the end of part one. Come back next episode for part two. We hope you enjoyed this, and we hope you enjoy the next part even more. Take care.